Welcome to the Southside Community Church Podcast with Pastor Mark Hahn. We are located at 1815 South Peace Street in Elwood, Indiana. Visit us on Facebook. The link will be in the description below. Have a great day. and want to follow along. I never have ever preached out of the book of Judges. And uh, so this is kind of all new and I've read stories and stuff but never preached out of it. So Lord, help us this morning. Uh, I want to go over to, we're going to jump around a little bit, go over to Judges 2, chapter 2. And then I want to start here with the sixth verse. And it said here, And when Joshua had let the people go, the children of Israel went every man unto his inheritance to possess the land. And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord that he did for Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died, being a hundred and ten years old. And they buried him in the border of his inheritance in uh, Timoth Harris, I can't hardly pronounce his names, in the, uh, in the Mount of Ephraim on the north side of Gash. <clears throat> and now listen to this. And also... All that generation were gathered unto their fathers. That means the elders died off too. And then it said here, And there arose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. Then I want to jump over here to chapter 6, the story of Gideon. We'll just read a few verses here. Chapter 6, starting with verse 1. And it said, And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel, and because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made them dens which are in the mountains and caves and strongholds. And so it was when Israel uh, had sown that the Midianites came down and the Amalekites and the children of the east, even they came up against them. And they encamped against them and destroyed their increase of the earth, that's their crops, until the coming down of Gaza and then and left no substance for Israel, neither sheep, nor ox, nor axe. For they came up uh, with their cattle and with their tents, and they came as grasshoppers for multitude. For both they and their camels were without number as they entered into the land to destroy it. And Israel was, in, uh, was greatly impoverished because of the Mennonites. And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. 
And it came to pass when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the Midianites that the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel, which said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you forth out of the house of bondage. I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all that oppress you and drove them out from before you and gave you their land. And I said unto you, I am the Lord your God. Fear not uh, the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But listen, but ye have not obeyed my voice. And the angel came, uh, and, to, uh, and the angel of, the, let me back up. And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under the oak, which is at Orphrah, and pertained to Joaz, the Eversite, the son of Gideon, threshing wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Mennonites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him, and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles, which our fathers told us of, say, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us, and delivered us into the hand of the Mennonites, <clears throat> the Midianites. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. <clears throat> I have not, have not I sent thee. And he said, O oh, my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said unto him, Praise God, listen to this, Surely I'll be with you, I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. And he said unto him, Now if I have found grace in thy sight, then show me a sign that thou talkest with me. Depart not hence, I pray thee, until I come unto thee, and bring forth my presence. And he set, and set it before thee. And he said, I will tarry until thou come again. And Gideon went in, and he made ready a kid, and an unleavened cakes, and to eat from a flour. And, and the flesh he put in a basket, and he put the broth in a pot, and he brought it out unto him under the oak, and presented it. And the angel of, of God said unto him, Take the flesh and the unleavened cakes, and lay them upon this rock, and pour out the broth, and he did so. And the angel of the Lord put forth his uh, forth the end of his staff that was in his hand, and he touched the flesh and the unleavened cakes, and there rose up fire out of the rock and consumed the flesh and the unleavened cakes. Then the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight. Our dear Heavenly Father, we're so thankful, God, once again, for this opportunity, Lord, to look into thy word, God. We pray, Father, we need your help, Lord, in this subject, God, today. We pray, Lord, that you would unveil, God, the truth, Lord, as we look at this story today and the shape that Israel was in. And look at it as the churches, God, as we look out today across our land. 
We realize, God, this morning that without you, Father, we can never preach. Uh, we need the Holy Spirit's help today, God, for we are just but flesh, Lord, in thy sight. Have thy divine way, we pray. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> I was thinking about this this morning, and I didn't have a whole lot of... Well, not just this morning, the last couple of days. I didn't know what I was going to preach on, what the Lord was going to give me. But I got to thinking about, I always wanted to kind of preach on Gideon, but I uh, never really studied it. I haven't done much study on it, but anyhow, we'll preach it. Lord will help us. <clears throat> and here's kind of a little bit of history about the book of Judges. After the death of Joshua and the elders of Joshua had passed away, the Lord raised up judges. These judges were gifted leaders. They were leaders were especially raised up by God, not only for their military bravery and skills, but for their uh, administrative abilities and spiritual discernment. Amen. And uh, let me read this to you real quick here in my Bible. It said, And the book of Judges is an action packed account of the failure of the children of Israel to maintain their high spiritual standards laid down by Moses and Joshua. They not only failed to uh, conquer the land of Canaan, as God had challenged them to do, uh, but they also fell, uh, had fell, fell into idolatry and, sin, and sinful practice of the Canaanites. Their growing disobedience and spiritual apostasy brought the progressive moral degeneration seen repeatedly in various accounts of their oppression in the uh, historical appendixes that made up the closing portion of the book. God would teach his people through, his, through this period that rest was fully available and provided by God himself, but must be entered and into by an obedient people. Amen. So what it was, Israel, uh, the, the failure of Israel, that they never drove out the inhabitants of the land like God had commanded them to do. They disobeyed God, they they paid the and they paid the price. God said you are uh God said uh, that they are to pay, uh, God said, let me back up. You are to make no treaty or covenant with them and tear down their altars and drive them out. And if not, they will be thorns in your side and, and, uh, and that shall be a, and their God shall be a snare to you. God would, God would uh, drive out their enemies but they had to fight for it. And God was not going to do it alone. Amen. So uh, uh, this morning as we take a look here uh, into this scripture. Uh, uh, you know, I, I thought about this. Uh, how, you know, Joshua was God's man. Huh? He, would, he succeeded Moses and God called him out. Huh? Because he had an important job to do. He was going to lead huh, the children 
of, of God into the promised land. Uh, in the land of Canaan that God had promised them. Huh? And I'll tell you, uh, God told Joshua, He said, I'll go with you. Huh? And, and I'll tell you, He said, now this book of the law, you're to meditate on it day and night. In other words, Joshua, you're going to have to do the commandments. Huh? You're going to have to have faith and believe in me for this task that I called you to do. Huh? I tell you, Joshua took it in. Huh? And he absorbed God's word and his command. And God came down, my friend, in the cool of the day and visited with Joshua and said, Joshua, here's the plan. Huh? He was a godly man and a godly leader and a godly influence. And so was the elders. <laughs> the elders of Joshua, those men that worked under him, huh? uh, that, that, that helped him huh? in battle plans and in the plans God told him to do. They were, they were holy men of God. Huh? I tell you what. There was a power in the Israelites' camp. <laughs> there was a power, my friend, huh, in the camp of Israel because of the godly leaders. Are you hearing me this morning? Huh? And the people, huh, the people had faith in God through them. Huh? They see, they, the people said, huh, and they, they conquered Jericho. And they conquered uh, other cities. And they looked at Joshua. And they said, Joshua, huh, we'll follow you just like we followed Moses. Huh? That generation, my friend, died out. Those godly men. Just like you and I, eventually we ain't living forever, we're going to die out. They died out, and they were gone. I'm going to tell you something. Somebody's got to pass this old-time religion on. Huh? You get me this morning? Somebody's got to pass on this old-time, born-again, huh? blood-bought religion that's in this church today. I thank God for that. Amen. Amen. Anything less, my friend, is a religion and it's, it, it's, it has no power. Right. No power. Right. And it rose up another, listen to this, huh? It said there, huh? They find it He said, and there rose up another generation after them which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done in Israel. Huh? Amen? Think about that. Huh? Think about the things that those people saw. They saw the power of God moving. Huh? Listen, my friend. They were outnumbered. They never had a chance in any battle. They were not uh, fighters and uh, mighty men of valor and warriors and full of courage. They were just the people of God, just Israelites, huh? 
But I'll tell you, my friend, when God was in it and when he was on it, they could do anything. Amen. They seen it. They seen it. I want to tell you something. God departed the Red Sea. Huh? Those Israel, I don't know why I'm getting into this. Let me just tell you this. Huh? They came down to the Red Sea, my friend, and it was a good way across there. Huh? There was no way they could cross it. Here come the enemy. <laughs> and Moses held up his staff and he said, Let's, I want to show you the salvation of the Lord. And he took that staff and he held it over the sea, the Red Sea. And the Bible said that it departed from the left to the right. It became two walls. And in that middle of that departure, I don't know how wide it was, never studied it. Maybe we'll look at it sometime. It was dry ground. And they walked through it on dry ground. This is some of the things they see. They're forefathers. I thought about this, church. God help me. I thought about it. Amen. <clears throat> there was a time in America when the church, churches, were the powerhouse. Huh? There was the Methodists, the Wesleyans, the Presbyterians, the Baptists, just to name a few. The churches, listen to me, this churches grew uh, in spiritual power after the great awakenings in America. They brought mighty revivals across the land. Uh, God's Holy Spirit was moving on America and they were building churches so fast that they couldn't build them fast enough for the people. America was hungry for God. Huh? They built churches and everywhere there was a city, a town, and a hamlet, or even out in the country where nobody was at. So-called people, so people could come to church and worship the Lord. And God blessed it. Huh? The, ch uh, the churches uh, had services three times a week. Huh? They had special singing through the week. They had revival services two to four times a year. And they were four to six weeks long. <laughs> Think about that, church. Huh? There was a time in America when the churches were on fire for God. Amen. And the people were obeying God. Huh? God was doing his work. And the people were getting saved. And lives were changed. And the church had an influence across the land. On the government. And all the other institutions of the nation. The church was strong. Huh? It was strong, my friend. Amen. For one reason. It's seen the mighty works of the Lord, and their faith was strong in the Lord. 
and their faith was strong, their obedience to God was unshakable. Huh? Praise God. Now listen to me. Huh? That's the way it was. Huh? Back in the, uh, in the colonial days, huh? There was a falling away. They said that's where the first great awakening was. Huh? There was a falling away from God. Huh? They had built this country and this nation huh? right out of the Bible huh? and established our laws according to God's word. But there was a falling away and a revival come and it revived the heart of God's people and the nation come out of its sin and its idolatry. Huh? And they went away, my friend, and it happened again. They fell. They fell back into sin, the churches. They fell, they fallen away from God. <clears throat> huh? They fall away from God. Then come the second great revival, the second awakening. Huh? Back in the 1800s. Huh? And I'll tell you what. Basically, I know that's been a long time ago. But you and I, I tell you what, me as a kid, I'll just go with me. As a boy, as a young boy, had received some of the benefits from the great second awakening. Huh? Listen, this job that I have, I have the opportunity to drive all over the place. County after county after county. I'm in the cities. I'm in the suburbs. I'm in the country. I'm out there where the little tiny hamlets are. It don't matter. Wherever I go, I see a little church or a big church. Huh? I see churches, huh? Listen, huh? That used to be a church, but they're abandoned now. Huh? People quit going, or somebody has bought them and turned them into a house. I've seen a lot of that. Huh? But I want to tell you something. It's true. God's power was moving on the churches. Huh? And, and I want to tell you something. It made an impact on the nation. Huh? And on the church, my friend, and people were getting... I remember this. Listen. I remember as a young boy coming to this church... My memory, I don't know why I have a hard time remembering things, huh? But like there was. My sister Pam, she can remember everything. But I guess I'm the, she got maybe some of my memory, huh? Because I tell you, I lack it. But I remember coming into this church as a little boy, huh? And I remember the, uh, uh, the preachers, huh? That preached the word of God, my friend. The word of truth and the spirit was all over them. Huh? You could tell as a young boy there was just something different about him. Huh? Even though I didn't understand it, I knew something was different. There was a power of God. I remember the people in the pews. Huh? We used to, this church had quite a bit of people. Huh? And those people in the pews, they would get blessed. Huh? They would testify. They would shout. Huh? They would run. They would do whatever God put on their heart to do. Huh? Because the Spirit of God was here. Amen. 
We used to have evangelists preaching revivals and come. Huh? I remember that. Huh? And they would preach, my friend, and they would be all over the front. Huh? They'd come all around here and down the aisle. I tell you, just shaking that Bible. Huh? And preaching what God had put on their heart, man. And I tell you what, the flames were just shooting out of their mouth. Revival in the church. Huh? People would come and lie in the altars, huh? Saved and unsaved. They would come up to the altar here. I tell you, they'd bow down. Huh? They would confess their sins to God. Huh? And, and accept Christ. And they'd walk out of that church, out the back door, and they would be new creatures in Christ. Right. Huh? They would get saved. And their families would get saved. Huh? And then there was people, huh? that were saved and had problems and troubles and life's issues and they would come to the altar and pray and God would honor it. And they'd walk out the door, huh? With strength and victory in their heart. Amen. Amen. You know why all that was so powerful and good? It's the same thing with the Israelites. They obeyed God. Huh? Joshua and the elders obeyed God and done what God told them to do. They lived their lives huh? how God wanted them to live. But there come another generation. Huh? They've never seen all these things. I thought about this. Find my notes here. Amen. Now this is strictly my opinion, and I believe I'm pretty pretty right. This is what then I thought about this. <clears throat> What happened to the churches as a whole today? <clears throat> they have not obeyed God. I just said this like our forefathers have and trusted in him and believed in him like the church of yesteryear. And their faith uh, and their faith in God had become weak. And the enemy, listen, has come in and stripped them of the power of God that moves the, in the church <clears throat> to win the lost world for Christ. The Holy Spirit is grieved, and the joy and the peace are gone. When this happens, the church becomes defenseless and just trying to survive the storm. Now, I've not got much time to preach. It's already late. So I'm going to kind of skip over some things. I want to tell you something. Huh? It said there in this chapter, in chapter 6, huh, that God, not in 6, but in the chapters before, God had delivered huh, the Mennonites, into the, or Israel, into the hands of the Mennonites. Huh? Now listen to me. And God done that because huh, they got away from God they disobeyed God. 
They worshiped the gods of Baal and the gods of the Canaanites and the Amorites. Huh? They were idolatry worshipers. Huh? They were just the opposite of what God had created them to be. Huh? And God said, that's it. I'm done. I'm going to take you and put you in the hands of your enemies. Huh? And they're under your power. And that's exactly what happened. Huh? That's exactly what took place. It said there, I read it this morning, huh, that the Israelites were hiding in the mountains and in the dens and in the caves, just like wild animals. Because the Midianites huh, were destroying everything they had. They took their homes, they took every their tents, they took their cattle. It said that the Midianites waited up on the mountains, huh? Till the crops come to harvest. They waited till they grow, huh? Till it was time for harvesting them. And they would come down and they would strip everything they had. Take all their livelihood and take it away. Huh? And the Bible said they were very impoverished. See, that's why Gideon was threshing wheat huh, in the wine press. The wine press was way up huh, and out of the way, kind of hid. When you normally thresh wheat, you do it out in the open, out in the plain, so the wind will catch it and blow off the chaff. But he was afraid of the Mennonites. They would come and get his grain and his wheat. So he done it and he hid it. I want to tell you something. When the church gets away from the foundation of this book, when they get away from obedience to God, get away from the faith in God, trusting in God, huh? I want to tell you something. I, this is how I feel this morning. Huh? I thought about this, huh? I, I thought about all the invitations that this little church has given out. Huh? And, and, and I think, Lord, how are we going to build this church? Huh? It almost seems impossible because nobody's interested in the things of God anymore. They got all the convenience of the world. Huh? How are we going to build it? I want to tell you something. God's got a plan for us in this, in this church. And I mean that with all of my heart. I can't see it. Huh? I can't, can't understand it. huh? But I tell you, He's kept us alive for a purpose. You know, do you realize, how, I know you don't, how close this church has come to be shut down huh? and sold? become a building or a house to somebody in this community. It's true. But God kept us here for a reason. He's got a purpose for us. Right. Amen. And I want to tell you something. Let's obey Him right. huh? and follow Him and believe in Him. He'll build this church. Yeah. Amen. Right. I want to tell you something else. Huh? We don't choose huh, our place of worship. Listen to me. We don't choose what we're going to do for the Lord. Huh? All we do, whoa, 
way. Huh? I believe the straight and the narrow path. Huh? That leads to heaven. Yep. Huh? Amen. I am nobody special. I wish I knew more. And I tell you, I wish we had found a pastor, huh? That knew about, that knew the word of God. That could preach it better than me. But I tell you what, we're here this morning and we're just gonna keep plowing on. Right. Amen. With his help. I'll tell you what, I'll bring this up. I remember huh, when Brother Avery died, my dad died. Huh, dad died first and Brother Avery's. What are we going to do, Lord? What are we going to do? Huh? I tell you, I thought about it. Where's the godly man? Huh? Where's those preachers huh, that I was raised huh, under their preaching? They're gone, people. They're not around. They're not around. What are we going to do? I want to tell you what I believe has happened. The churches have fallen away from this old time Holy Ghost filled religion. Huh? And have gotten weak. Huh? The devil stripped them huh, of the power and of the things that move God. Huh, that move God in the, into the direction the church needs to go. And I know this is deep and it's spiritual. And I have a hard time understanding it myself. Huh, and I have a hard time explaining it. But I know it's true. Huh? I know it's real. Amen. I'm so thankful, listen, church, this morning, that God has given us a remedy. Right. He's left a raiment of people huh, to carry on His work. Right. Huh? I want to tell you, we're two or three are gathered in His name. He'll be in the midst. Yes, huh? Praise God for that. A lot of churches ain't feeling that today. I don't know whether to say this or not. And by no means, this has nothing to do with me. But Jeff started coming here. I don't even know how. It's been a while. It's been quite a while since he's been coming. He said, I've been to other churches and visited. This is his words. He said there was, just, there was just something missing. Something wasn't there. Something was empty. <clears throat> and he said, I started coming down here. He'll testify to this. And he said, I heard you preach. And he said, that's the preaching I heard when I was a kid. Amen. Up. You know what I told him? I said, I thank you for saying that, Jeff. But it's not me. 
It's God. It's God. I tell you, all I done was just prayed on my knees and poured my heart out to God and asked Him to help me to preach His Word. And that's it. It's all Him. They got away from it. They got away from it. And they're trying to survive the storm. Here's what has come in. I, I don't know why I just felt like the Lord gave me this. <clears throat> Let me read this note to you. <clears throat> the mega churches have been born in our lifetime because of the great falling away of the true church. The mega churches are built out of human effort and feelings that prey on the human heart. And a feel-good religion and a movement built on entertainment that is man-made and not of the Holy Spirit. Right. Listen to me. And if you would ask them, what does it mean to be born again of the Spirit? They would have no idea what you're talking about. They, they are a form of godliness... A mere religion without power or spiritual life. Yes. Huh? To be classified as a mega church, there has to be attendance weekly of 2,000 or more people. Huh? You see what's happening? And I, and I, I know, I think it's John MacArthur has a mega church out in California. He's a good preacher. He's got some good mess. He's a man of God. He's built that church the right way. Huh? He's led those people in the right way. So not all of them's bad, but the majority of them huh, are just, they're not of God. They're not of God. You know what happens? Huh? I forget. I can't think of the name of it. It just passed my mind. But anyway... It's that movement we've had here in this country for a while. It's the same way in a mega church. Huh. It's a movement that the people stir up themselves. See, because God's not in it. Huh? God's spirit is not in it. So there's nothing really there. And when there's nothing really there, you don't have anything. I'm talking about spiritually. So you've got to gin it up. Huh? You've got to create the service humanly. By yourself and by the people there. See what I mean? Huh? So they gin it up and bring it up. I'm going to tell you, they're full of people too. Right. I'm not the judge. Huh? But I'll tell you what. I know what fruit is. Huh? And I can see the fruit. Amen. So when you go and you have a great falling away like that, huh, something else is going to take its place. Huh, and this is what's happening. Huh. The only thing that can save this nation is a revival, a true revival, a real revival. Yes. And it will have to come in the churches. Yes. It will have to come through God's people. Right. Huh. Because the government, the military, huh, 
let's just say, huh, that the military came in and got rid of all the crime. Huh? Got rid of all those people, I tell you what, that's got away with so many things, huh? If the if the government if the military hold them all away, huh? It's still not changing. Because there's no hearts being changed. In time, we come back to the same type of people that we are. That's why we need a revival. Because revival changes the hearts of men. Amen. Now let me get to Gideon. I'll try to shut up here. Amen. The Lord uh, said there he came to, to Gideon. And he was thrashing that wheat in the wine press. <clears throat> Sit here. Um, and the Lord appeared to him. And he called him mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto this. And Gideon said unto him, O oh my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where are all his miracles? which our fathers told us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. I thought about Gideon. Huh? Gideon was a good man. He was a godly man. Huh? I'll tell you what, huh? the Lord wouldn't have went to him if he wasn't. He was a godly man, a good man, huh? I tell you, he followed the Lord. He followed the law. He followed everything there was. But I want to tell you what, he was depressed. He was down. Listen, he was discouraged, huh? Because he seen his fellow people, huh, with their lives destroyed. Huh? The Mennonites had come in and stripped them of everything they had. Huh? And they were hiding in caves, like I said. And in dens for the Mennonites. And I want to tell you something. He was depressed and he was down. How do you know that? I'll tell you how he, he, it is. He said, where is the Lord? Huh? The Lord has forsaken us. Huh? He's let us go. Huh? But now, where, hey, hey, listen, angel. Where's all those miracles huh, that God done for our forefathers? God has forsaken us and given us into the hands of the Mennonites. <laughs> he was discouraged. He was down. Huh? He was in a pitiful place. Amen. He said here, we find no place here. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might. And thou shalt save Israel from the land, from the hand of the Midianites. Why have I not sent thee? And he said unto him, O oh my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. Now let me explain that to you just a minute. Huh? Huh? He said here, huh? he said, I can't listen. I, I read this and I thought of Moses. You remember when God spoke to Moses in the burning bush? huh? And, and, and he said, I'm going to send you, Moses, to Pharaoh. 
and you're going to deliver the children of Israel out of Pharaoh's hands. Huh? You remember that? Huh? And he said that, I've heard the cries of my people huh? and the bondage and the whips of their taskmasters. I'm going to send you, Moses. And Moses said, who am I? <laughs> Who am I that I can stand before Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go? This is just the way Gideon was. Who am I? I'm just a poor man. My family's poor in Manasseh, and we're the least huh, of all the tribes of Israel. What in the world can I do? You see where he was at? I've been down and discouraged, huh? And 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 wondering, Lord, how am I even gonna preach a message when I don't even understand what it's saying? Huh? But God said, I'll be with you. Amen. Right. I'll help you. I'll interpret it to you. Right. Yeah. Amen. I tell you, praise God. That's what he told. That's what he told here. He said here. And he said unto him, and the Lord said unto him, Surely huh, I will be with thee. <laughs> Amen. I tell you, that makes all the difference in the world. Right there. I tell you this morning, little is much when God's in it. Right, right. Amen. Praise God. I tell you, huh? And Gideon's faith huh, was still weak. <laughs> It was still weak. He questioned, am I the man? And he went in there and he said, give me a sign uh, that your words are true. And he said he went in there and he made those, he uh, made that meat up, huh? brought it out there in a, a basket and the flour and the ephraim and the bread and all that stuff and, and, the, and the pot, basically the salt, sauce, huh? <clears throat> The liquid part of that meal. And he said, pour it on a rock. <laughs> pour it on a rock. Huh? He said it on there. He said all that meat and that bread. Huh? And he said it on there. Huh? And the scripture said that the uh, angel of the Lord stretched out his rod and touched it. And it caught on fire and burned it up. Huh? I want to tell you something this morning. Christ is our rock. Yeah. Praise God. I tell you, we have power and strength in Him. Yeah. Woo! There's nothing in this world can defeat us when we're in Christ. Amen. Jesus. Right. Amen. Huh? Praise God. In verse 34, it said this. Time went on a little ways. He, see, they had altars huh, to Baal. They built groves for Baal. And they had them right there in the city that, that uh, uh, Gideon lived in. And God said, tear down the groves. Huh? Tear down the altars. And he went and done it in the middle of the night. Because if he'd done it during the day, they would have killed him. Huh? So he went in, he tore down the altars, he cut down the groves, huh? And he, and he used that wood 
huh, to make a sacrifice to God and put the bullock on the altar. Huh? God blessed it. You see what's happening? Huh? Now, now, huh, huh, since he's seen this angel and he's talked to this angel, huh, things are turning around. I tell you, I hope, my friend, the churches turn around one of these days yeah. and get back to where God's at. Amen. And, and give him full control. He was getting a little bit. Uh, he was seeing it coming around. I uh, obeyed God. Uh, then in verse 34, it said here, But the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is what happened to him. Huh? When he felt the Spirit of God. Listen. He realized, huh, that within him, himself, he was nothing. But when the Spirit of God came up on him, he knew, huh, that God was going to use him. And yet, he still needed a sign. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you, I know I'm weak too. I'd love to have some signs, huh? But he was still a little bit unsure. Hmm. And he goes in, he prays to the Lord, and he says, Lord, I'm going to throw out this fleece. Uh, I'm going to lay it here on the ground. Uh, now, a fleece was that sheep's wool. Uh, maybe a little blanket, maybe a blanket or whatever. It doesn't matter. He said, he said I'm going to throw it out on the ground. Huh? And he said, in the morning, if it's full of dew and the, dry, the ground around is dry, I believe that you have sent me to deliver our people from the Mennonites. He woke up the next morning, the scripture says, went down there, picked that fleece up, and he rang out a pot of water. <laughs> he rang out a pot of water. God honored his request right. and showed him a sign. Huh? And he said, Lord, be not angry with me. Be not mad at me, God. Huh? But this one thing I ask, if I throw the fleece on the ground, huh? and in the morning it'll be dry, and the dew, huh? The dew around the ground will be wet. I believe. Huh? He was needing assurance. He woke up the next morning, the fleece was dry and the ground was full of dew. <laughs> I tell you, and the scripture said he blowed the trumpet. He gathered the armies together. Now listen to me. We're going to battle, boys, because God's with us. We're going to fight the devil tooth and nail because God's on the church side. He gathered all those men up. Huh? He gathered them all together. There was 32,000 of them. Uh, 32,000 men ready to go to battle. God told Gideon, he said, Gideon, 
there's too many. He said, there's too many. He said, I want to, he said, the reason there's too many, you go down there and you win this battle, those men are going to think they won the battle by themselves. They're going to think that they had done it on their own because they're a great number, 32,000 men. He said, so, so tell them who is ever afraid and scared to go into battle, just go on home and go back to your tent. Huh? You don't have to fight this battle. You know how many left? <laughs> 22,000. <laughs> 22,000 men went back home. They were afraid. Huh? And they went back home to their family and their tents. Now he's down to 10,000. Huh? Now remember, the, Midi the Midianites, the Canaanites, and actually, Adam Clark said, those other people were actually the Ishmaelites, descendants of Ishmael. They had camels, you couldn't even number them, there was so much. Huh? They looked like, and there were so many men down in that valley. They looked like grasshoppers. They were everywhere, scattered, all down in that, in that mountain and in that valley. We're down to 10,000 men. He said, Huh? He said, I want you to try these 10,000. He said, I want you to take them down to the brook. Huh? And he said, I want them to drink water. I'm kind of trying to interpret this to you, not word for word. I know what the word says, but I'll get it close. Huh? He said, I want you to take these men down there to the brook. Huh? And I want them to drink water out of the brook. And he said, those who laugh like a dog. Huh? In other words, here's what it was. Those who would come down to the brook and reach their hand down in the brook and bring water up in their hand and lap it like a dog. He said, separate them. Huh? And then he said, huh? the others that come down to the brook and they get on their knees and they bend down and drink that water. He said, set them aside. Huh? Put them on the other side. Huh? And that's what Gideon did. Huh? <laughs> Guess what? The army was divided again. And there was only 300 men. <laughs> Just 300 men. Those men that lapped that water like a dog, God chose them. Huh? You know why he chose him? I'll tell you why. This is my feelings, huh? I thought about it, huh? You know why he chose him? Huh? They were men that were ready for battle. Huh? They were down there, and the, and the enemy was just across the brook there, in the hills and in the valley. And they were watching. Huh? They'd pick that water up, they'd laugh it like a dog, and they'd look. But those who bent down, huh? They made themselves available for the enemy. Huh? <laughs> huh? They, didn't even, they didn't even look at the enemy at all. He said, get rid of them. So they lost 9,700 men. Huh? And now we're down to three. 300 against thousands and thousands and thousands of men. Huh? Now I'll tell you something. 
I'll give you three signs of Gideon. And this is the fourth one that he needed. And I just thought of this, and this might be what it was. Uh, he got to thinking about 300 men to this multitude of army uh, that he was getting ready to face. Who are we? Huh? There's only 300 of us. <laughs> we only got 300 swords. Huh? They got thousands and thousands of swords. Huh? They got camels. Huh? They got everything. Huh? Basically, in modern day, they got the tanks huh? and the artillery. Huh? And we're just got shotguns against us. Huh? So he doubted a little bit. Huh? Gideon did. And I can see his point. Huh? We're human. God said this. He said, here's what I want you to do. He said, you're going to sneak down into the enemy's camp. You're going to go right down there, huh? right by their tent. Huh? And if you're afraid to go by yourself, take, I think his name was Poria. Take Poria with you. He did. Listen to this. He went down huh, and snuck in the enemy's camp and went down to a tent. Huh, and he said there, the scripture said that they, uh, they come down to that tent and he heard a guy in there talking to another guy. And he said, I had a dream last night. He said, I'll tell you this dream. He said, he said, I had a dream. He said, and there was a barley loaf of bread come down, tumbling down the mountain. Huh? And it come rolling into the tent of the Mennonites. Huh? And it knocked the Mennonites' tent flat and laid it flat on the ground. <laughs> Listen to me. And the one he was telling that, huh? he said, that is nothing but the Lord and the sword of Gideon. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah! Gideon heard that, my friend, and he had no more doubts, no more questions. Huh? He went back and told the man and divided him up in hundreds and circled around. Huh? And he said, we're going to blow the trumpets and crack the pot. Huh? And we're going after him. Huh? We'll scare him to death. They surrounded them, my friend. Huh? They blew the trumpets and cracked the pots that were in their heads and shouted, The Lord, then the sword of Gideon. That's what they said. Just what that guy said in the tent. The sword of Gideon. Huh? I want to tell you something, church. Hallelujah. I tell you, we got the sword of God, which is his word. Huh? And it'll cut the enemy in many ways. All right, all right. Praise God forever. Hallelujah. Right. Thank God we're on the winning side. Right. We're on God's side. We have the sword of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Don't cut down any habit, any foes, anything. When God's clothed with us. Amen. 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 Amen.
defeated them. Scripture said everyone and every those men, <laughs> they turned their sword. They didn't know what to do. They didn't look into it deep. Uh, they thought they were surrounded, which they kind of was, but there wasn't very many men. Uh, and they turned on each other. And then they just fled out there. And I tell you what, those men of God, uh, they, they chased them out. They killed who they could kill uh, and slaughtered them. And it said there that they, they called on to the Gideon after it was all over with, the battle was done. He called the people of Israel. Uh, <laughs> Whoa! Praise God! I want to tell you, I'll tell you that in just in a minute. I'm thankful, huh, church, there's going to be some reward in heaven one of these days for you and I. Uh, after we fought the battles with the devil and with the enemy. Uh, there's going to be rewards for us. Amen. Amen. Gideon told all those people. Huh? I tell you, the men and the women, all of them, he said they're defeated. The Mennonites, the Mennonites, okay. the Midianites, I'm sorry, are defeated. Huh? They're done. Huh? And they're spoils. Lay in the valleys. <laughs> Go get them. Huh? And get the spoil. Woo! I'll tell you, church, we're going to collect our spoils one of these days. Yes, Amen. Amen. Praise God. Huh? That's what they did. Huh? For seven years, they stripped them of their livelihood, took everything away. I want to tell you, that's exactly what the devil wants to do to people. Just strip them of everything. Huh? And leave them hopeless. Uh, but praise God. Uh, thank God for Christ. Thank Amen. God. Right. Amen. There's hope uh, in Jesus Christ. Right. Amen. I wish the world would see that. Amen. They went down, got their spoils. Uh, I tell you, the scripture doesn't say it, but I bet they were celebrating. <laughs> Uh, I tell you, uh, if they had what we had today, there'd be all kinds of pictures and videos. Huh? Holding up those spoils of all what they had. Huh? Thank God. I want to tell you something. Uh, and I know you know this. At the end of this thing, we win it. Right. We win it. Right. Huh? Praise God. Amen. And I thought about that. And I thought, you know what? You know what the church needs today more than anything else, huh? other than the Spirit of God. He needs just a few good men. Right. <laughs> just a few good men that are willing to walk with Him and obey. Obey him and do what he tells him to do. Huh? Preach what he wants him to preach. Huh? Lead people in the way God wants them led. Amen. I got to stop. I know it's late. Praise God. I hope this message stirred you this morning. Amen. It stirred me. I got to reading about it. Because I seen, listen, and I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm quitting. 
I seen this. I seen where, where the church was once at and where it is today. Huh? And I seen in this story where the Israelites were at when Joshua was in control and the elders. Then I seen when that generation passed away, another generation came in huh, and knew not God and knew not his power. I tell you what, I'm not going to read it. But if you go in over there in the Hebrews, Gideon's mentioned. When time fails to talk about Gideon and Barak and, all, and David and all these other men huh, who subdued kingdoms, huh? I tell you, we're, we're saved by the, the jaws of lions. Huh? Huh? That, that became powerful and strong huh? in adversity and the things they were up against. His name's mentioned in the heroes of faith. Gideon. Huh? Amen.